0: Welcome to the pastor's study.
1: When I was eight years old, I remember my mom took us four kids into the living room, sat us down on the couch and said, really, kids, tell me, tell me the truth, is 40 old? <laughs> and we said, no, mom, 40's not old. Well, then when I was 19 years old, my 53 year old dad died of a brain tumor. And I remember people coming up at the funeral, oh, your father was so young. And I remember thinking at age 19, he wasn't young, he was 53. <laughs> well, now that I'm well past 53, I thought we would do a show on, does the Bible have advice about growing old? And it does. So let's, everybody watching the show was growing older. Let's get into the topic. What does the Bible say about growing old? Let's pray first. Father, we do pray that if people are watching this at age eight or 88, that your Holy Spirit would speak to us about growing older. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. I saw a bumper sticker on a car. I have been young and I have been old and one thing I know, younger is better. (laughs) And I saw that now, is that true? Do you know the Bible teaches the exact opposite? Listen to Ecclesiastes chapter seven, verse one: "The day of one's death is better than the day of one's birth." Let me repeat that: the day of your death is better than the day of your birth. In other words, advertisers and Hollywood have been lying to us. So here's the first lesson: younger is not better according to the Bible. Now. That's not to say there aren't thorns in old age. I mean, I remember a week where I visited four elderly people. One had lost most of her mind. Another person was in physical pain. Two more were on death's doorstep. So there are thorns in old age, but those four people are closer to the gates of paradise than we are. Better is the day of one's death than the day of one's birth. John Quincy Adams was the sixth president of the united states as an old man someone met the retired president in the streets of boston and said How is john quincy adams today john quincy adams responded john quincy adams himself is quite well sir thank you but the house in which he lives is presently being dilapidated it is t- tottering upon its foundations Time and seasons have taken its toll, nearly destroyed it. Its roof is pretty well worn out. Its walls are much shattered, and it trembles with every wind. The old tenement is becoming almost uninhabitable, and I think John Quincy Adams will have to move out of it soon. But he himself, John Quincy Adams is well, quite well, thank you. (laughs) In other words, Christians, no matter what happens to our body, it is well, it is well with my soul and there's a saying the world is waiting for the undertaker christians are waiting for the uptaker. <laughs> there's a poem this frail old shell in which i dwell is growing old i know full well but i am not the shell what if my hair is turning gray gray hairs are honorable they say what if my eyesight's growing dim I still can see to follow him who sacrificed his life for me upon the cross of Calvary. What should I care if time's old plow has left its furrows in my brow, another house not made with hand awaits me in the glory land. My hearing may not be as keen as in the past it may have been, still I can hear my Savior say, serve me till the night is day. So the first lesson is younger is not better and now that leads us to the second lesson about old age. This comes from Paul the Apostle, he's writing his swan song, his last letter, 2 Timothy chapter 4, he says to young Timothy, Timothy, I have fought the fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. So here's the next lesson about growing old, serve God till you die like the Apostle Paul did. You know, now and then as a pastor through the years, I've said to an elderly person, do you mind teaching Sunday school this year? And sometimes I'll get the response, well, you know, I, I did that for years, let the younger people do it, I've done my time, and I'm thinking, well, what are you going to do with the rest of your life, play canasta? Um, you, we are to serve God till we die. Um, Psalm 71 verse 18. Even when I am old and gray, O God, do not forsake me until I declare your strength to this generation, your power to all who are to come. In other words, Lord may I talk to people about you till I die. Recently I called 98-year-old Pastor Harold Salem and talked to him on the telephone. Some of you see his TV show right before ours comes on, others, others of you. But he's got a TV show all over the country. He preaches every week on television, and he's 98 years old. And I called him up this week, and we talked, and I said to him, I just want to tell you, you're an inspiration for me. And he said, Tom, tell him the word retirement is not in the Bible. <laughs> so I, I, I just want us to, to know that no matter what age you are, God's got something for you to do. I remember as a real little boy, we had an old Sunday school teacher. And I just remember sensing as a little boy, that old man loves us kids. And then he got sick, went into the hospital, We never saw him again. I don't know. They didn't tell us. My guess is he died. But what a way to die. Teach in Sunday School. (laughs) Some of you know who Pastor John Piper is. He's kind of a famous preacher. He writes a lot of books. I know John a little bit. Years ago, I went to his church to visit. He and I are speaking in the church lobby after church and a a a person comes up and says, "Uh, Pastor John, you remember when you preached a sermon saying that when you retire, you shouldn't buy a Winnebago and vacation the rest of your life away, but you should do some Christian ministry in your golden years. Do you remember preaching that sermon? John says, yes. And he said, you see that older couple over there? They had just bought a Winnebago before they heard your sermon. (laughs) (laughs) They left church feeling convicted. They sold their Winnebago. They now have a Christian tract ministry handing out Christian literature. (laughs) Christian, let your golden years be the years you serve the Lord. So younger is not better. Serve the Lord some way till you die. Third piece of advice about growing old comes from Luke chapter 2. Anna was a widow at age 84. She never left the temple, serving God night and day with fastings and prayers. And then if you know the story, old Anna got to see Jesus, the baby, before she died. Here's the next lesson. Be in church until you die. Anna was. And the Bible commands us to be in church. Hebrews chapter 10, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves with the other Christians in church. I I, I believe my mother was a Christian, but I'll tell you what, what troubled me. In her last years, mom, mom stopped going to church. And she could still get out of the house. She went for groceries and everything, but so she wasn't an in, invalid or anything. But it troubled me that mom kind of just stopped going to church in her last years. But then I knew another woman at the church that I served. Her name was Dee. She was in her eighties, in her nineties when she died. She was always in church, not just on Sunday morning, but she was serving the funeral food when people had funeral and uh, Dee died in her early nineties, was in church right up to the end. You know who the the backbone of the church is? It's not really the pastor or the elders. It's the white-haired saints, it's the Annas and the Simeons who were in church, praying, fasting, and serving the Lord that way. So my, my encouragement to you is if you're retired, stay in church and find something to do to serve the Lord in your golden years. There's a story of an old curmudgeon who owned a publishing house in England. And finally, at age 70, he decides to retire. And the people he worked with were overjoyed because he was difficult. (laughs) But they gave him a big going away party, big dinner. And one by one, they each got up and talked about what a wonderful man he was. And he got up to speak at the end. And he said, I had no idea I was held in such great esteem. I think I'll stay on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, in a sense, Christian, we should be that way. We should, God holds us in great esteem. He has given every one of you something to do while you breathe. Let's not give up. Let us wholeheartedly serve the Lord till the day we die. George Mueller was a preacher in England in the 1800s. He founded orphanages that served thousands of orphans. When he was 70 years old, he fulfilled a lifelong dream and he started traveling around the world preaching the gospel. He did that until he was 87 years old. In his 90s, he said these words, Oh, I am so happy. As we advance in years, let us not decline in spiritual power, but let us see to it that an increase of spiritual vigor and energy be found in us, that our last days may be our best days. Let the remaining days of our earthly pilgrimage be spent in an ever-increasing, earnest consecration to God. (laughs) So I just want to close with this. Socrates began the study of music at age 80. Galileo made his most important discovery at age 73. Michelangelo painted the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel in his 80s, lying on his back. Benjamin Franklin became the ambassador to France at age 78. Hudson Taylor spread the gospel of Christ in China when he was 70. At age 88, John Wesley, founder of the Methodist Church, at age 88, John Wesley was still preaching every day. So the point is, whether you're 8 or 88, everybody, find something to do for the Lord and do it till the day you die. (laughs) And I'm going to close with this. There's an old hymn. Let none hear you idly saying There is nothing I can do While the multitudes are dying and the Savior calls for you, take the task he gives you gladly. Rich rewards will be yours free. Let him hear you gladly saying, here am I, send me, send me. You pray about that. Amen.
2: Welcome to the portion of the pastor study where we now ask Pastor Brock to share with us his knowledge of Scripture and his insights to answer questions we have regarding the Bible, our Lord, and our everyday walk with Him. I'd like to take just an extra minute on this though to tell you if you have a question for Pastor Brock you could send it to our website and we'd love to have more questions from people who are watching the show and answer any problems or questions you have regarding scriptures okay pastor brock if a person can't find a good church is it okay for them just to watch christian tv and consider that as a church
1: no (laughs) the bible says uh, hebrews chapter 10 do not forsake the assembling of yourselves in the body the church and so every watching tv church is not church now if you're an elderly shut in okay but if you can get out of the house and go to church God says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves.
2: I think a lot of people just use everyday excuses, like, well, I have to get up early for work. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't Mm -hmm. get to church. Yeah. Um,
1: And you know, the thing is, church is so much more important than work that uh, let's set our priorities right, you know?
2: Okay. If a person's not as physically strong as they used to be and they're slowing down, Is it wrong for them to say, retire?
1: No, I mean, when I quoted Pastor Harold Harold Salem that the word retirement is not in the Bible, that doesn't mean you can't retire. The point is when you retire, find something to do to serve the Lord. I mean, I wanna tell our, our viewers here, almost all of our team, the volunteer team that puts this show together, almost all of us except for maybe one are over 60 and so, you know, and God bless you guys and the camera people and the sound people, all the people. You know, they're using their spiritual gifts and they're using their golden years to serve the Lord. And they're all retired. <laughs> so you can retire, but just make sure you find something to do to serve the Lord.
2: And some of them are even in their 70s. Yes, they are.
1: <laughs> I'm not, but...
2: Unfortunately, <laughs> I'm one of those people that joined okay. that group. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Do you really think people who are godly live longer?
1: If I follow Christ, will I live longer? Now, I'm gonna answer that carefully. I think there's a general principle that when you follow the Lord, much as I don't like the prosperity gospel, there's a general principle that if you follow the Lord, there is a prosperity that comes. You know, if I'm not getting drunk and I'm able to hold a job now, that the prosperity will come. So, and and will Christians live longer? Now, again, I wanna answer this carefully. I think there's a general principle there. I follow Christ, I live a a more godly life. I'm not gonna die of cirrhosis of the liver as much as people that are drinking a lot. You know, so there's a general principle. Having said that, Jesus was about 33 years old when he died. Um, The Christian martyrs throughout the centuries have been often young when they died. So there's no guarantee but often because you are following the ways of the Lord, you will live longer.
2: Okay. <clears throat> um, we know someone who's losing their eyesight and is there a way that they can still get the Bible yeah. like on tapes yeah. or something to? Yep,
1: if I can show people there today. Here we go, where's my phone? Here's my iPhone and I have an app called Bible.is. So when I'm laying in bed at night and can't sleep, I wake up at 2 a.m., I'll push the button and it'll read the Bible to me. And if you have trouble with your eyesight, you know you can get those big machines, it'll make it real big, or you get Bible.is, or you get Bible CDs, and you you can listen to the Bible that way. I love having Bible is just to talk. I, I like listening to the Bible. I mean, I, I read the Bible, of course, and study it, but I love just laying in bed and listening to it.
2: Yeah. One person said to me that they can't read as see as well anymore, so they they aren't reading their Bible, but they like to watch TV shows mm-hmm. that are Christian TV shows. That's good
1: too. You and bet.
2: you know, for an older person, that's sure. one way of hearing yep. things too. That's good. Um, you know, I this is maybe a strange question, but people have kids, and now they have grandchildren. If your children aren't bringing your, their grandchildren, our grandchildren, to church and getting them involved, is there a way for a parent to deal with their children?
1: Kids, their kids. You got to be delicate, of course. Um. But if you're the grandparents and your children are not bringing your grandkids to church, I think you pray about any opportunity that you have to get those kids into church. You know, kids, the, the choir's putting on a Christmas concert during the service this morning, would you come? You know, and, and then, I mean, for instance, Jackie, I'm, I'm the godfather to my niece and nephews, and, and now they're old, but when they were growing up, I would send them Christian books, I would sit down when I saw them because they lived out of town and try to share the gospel with them. Um, on their birthday, you send them maybe a new Bible, you know, whatever. But uh, sadly, if you've got kids that aren't raising their kids to follow Christ, that's just uh, something you got to pray for them, of course. And I'm going to pray for these my grand my God till I die. But it's kind of sad, isn't it? Yeah.
2: Yeah, and but you know the thing that's hard too is that in this day and age our children who are adults are more concerned that their children are involved in all the wrong things it seems like i mean like you can have basketball you can have hockey yeah. you can have all the sport yeah. things and that yeah. and not and have time for church i know
1: and jackie this happened i'm going to guess maybe 25 years ago when all of a sudden people were not in church with their kids and these are christian people I said, well, how come you and your kids aren't in church on Sundays anymore? Well, they schedule hockey practice on Sunday morning. And, and I, I thought two things. two, you know, It used to be that the, the, the uh, schools kind of respected the church, although I don't know that that's true anymore, but they kind of respected the church and wouldn't schedule things on Sunday morning. So that's sad. The other thing is sad is, well, I'm sorry, what's your priority? Do you want your kids to follow Christ, or is it more important that they know how to play hockey? Sometimes you got to make some tough choices as parents.
2: You know, and the thing is, is that kids are entering sports things though at a younger age, mm-hmm. just to introduce them to sports. Mm-hmm. No, but those are like conflicting with church time. Yeah, and
1: I, ju- you just, I think you make you got to make your decisions and make your priorities for Christ. Yep. Yeah.
2: Okay. Have you got any suggestions for some books that you could buy for children that would help them, yep. you know, while they're young?
1: Uh, you go to the Christian bookstore, and you know what I loved as a, I loved comic books as a kid. They've got a whole thick book of the Bible in comic book form. <laughs> so if I had kids. That's what I would give them. That's what I'd read to them in bed, is you go to a Christian bookstore and say, do you have that big, thick comic book of the Bible?
2: (laughs) You know, you've been talking about some of the uh, apostles and that, but what happened to the Apostle Paul?
1: The Apostle Paul, we don't know for sure because it's not in the New Testament, but early church history said that about 67 AD, Emperor Nero, who was, of out of his mind he was so evil beheaded the apostle paul during one of the persecutions so that's the that's the earliest history on it
2: how about timothy
1: timothy i'd have to look up i'm not sure what happened to him peter according to early history was crucified upside down all of the uh you know there, there were 12 apostles judas betrayed christ so now we're down to 11 apostles but all the apostles, according to early church history, were martyred except for one, oh, really? and that was John, who John who wrote the book of Revelation on the island of Patmos. He was the only one that made it to a real old age. Yeah.
2: If someone denies Christ when they're young or, you know, in that, and or just drops out and doesn't believe in Christ, mm-hmm. can that person be forgiven later in life?
1: All right. if if they deny Christ publicly, can they be forgiven for that later? And the answer would be yes, because Peter did that. The Apostle Peter three times denied Christ, repented though. I mean, here's the thing, Judas never repented. Judas betrayed Christ. I think had Judas truly repented, he would have been forgiven and he'd be in heaven, but he never repented. Peter three times betrays Christ, but he repented. So there was forgiveness for Peter. And if somebody denies Christ, Jesus said, Basically, you can say a word against the Son of Man, me, and you can be forgiven, but you can't blaspheme the Holy Spirit and be forgiven.
2: You know, Tom, we've talked before about persecution and that there's people being persecuted all over the world. Mm -hmm. But is persecution good for the church or bad?
1: No, you know, we don't want persecution. We pray, in fact, Paul says to Timothy, Pray for people in authority that we Christians may live quiet and de- decent lives. So here's the way I pray. Lord, please give us good government all over the world so the gospel can spread and so Christians can be pr- uh, pr- uh, protected from persecution. Still, Jesus said it's coming. And even though we can pray God prevent it, sometimes Jesus said it's going to come. And so uh, they, they say, there's an old saying, the blood of the martyrs is the seat of the church. In other words, when the world starts killing Christians and Christians are standing up to their faith, that's when the gospel spreads. So yes, in a sense, persecution is good for the church because for some reason it makes people see there must be something to this Christianity if people are dying for it and people get converted.
2: I hadn't thought about it in those terms. Mm Let's see, I had one more thing and now I'm trying to think what it was. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we can update people.
2: All right, let's you know, update on what's happening. Yeah,
1: everybody in a few months, this TV show will be on the air for 30 years. And Jackie and I have been doing this a long time and our volunteers have too. and what happened about seven years ago is we've always been on in minneapolis but seven years ago we went national and we're on in various cities across the country and it's because of of you praying for us and you being generous with your with your giving and um just we we would ask you to continue praying for us more people are seeing this show than ever now but we don't want to cut back and when the finances got, go down we have to Uh, pull out of certain stations. So would you pray for us that we wouldn't have to do that? If the Lord nudges you to support this ministry, you can either send a a gift to the address that will come up in a minute, or you just go to pastorstudy.org, two S's, and people give through PayPal on that. Um, All of the TV shows you see are on our website. So if you have a friend who needs to see our show, go to the website. You can see all of our TV shows for free on the website. So that is, so just again, we're just uh, so appreciative of you, our viewers, and your prayers for us. We're appreciative of your giving that helps us reach many people with Christ. We get so many wonderful letters from people that have been blessed by our show and there are a lot of people that can only watch us cuz they're shut-ins they're in their 90s or whatever. So just uh, thank you for for doing what you do. Thanks to our volunteers. We got we we got a volunteer staff. Everybody's a volunteer in our ministry but little old me, I do get a modest salary. Everybody else is volunteer and when people support our ministry overwhelmingly it goes to buy airtime cuz it's expensive to be on television. So we got 38 seconds left, Jackie. Would you like to sing a song?
2: No, I don't think they'd (laughs) want to hear my voice, but I I really appreciate the opportunity that this ministry has given us to meet people who want to come alongside and partner with this Mm -hmm. ministry. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm amazed by people who stop me in the street and things like that. It's (laughs) just not my lifestyle usually <laughs> but god bless you until we're together again next time
0: thank you for watching the pastor study you can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org we are on the air preaching the gospel of christ because of our generous support of you our viewers would you consider supporting our ministry you may do so at pastorstudy.org or write the Pastor Study PO Box 41294 Minneapolis, Minnesota
2: 55441.
0: May the blessing of our one triune God Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always.
2: If you've been blessed by the Pastor Study would you consider a tax-deductible gift to help us reach more people with the good news of Jesus Christ? You can donate at our website, pastorsstudy.org, two S's, or mail a check to the Pastor Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota, 55441. May the Lord bless you and have a wonderful week.